Ready or not, here I come. Hi, welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts made by care experienced children and young people in the UK. We are travelling across the UK talking to care leavers, experts and activists in the field of childcare who are fighting for better services, rights, equality and understanding. Right, where are we off to? Glasgow. Who are we going to see in Glasgow? Callum Lynch. Alright, okay. Wow. Have a super time. Hello. I'm sure you'll be fab. Yeah. Alright, off you go then. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye. Have a super Bye. time, my love. Welcome, Callum. Uh, can you tell us, can you start about telling us what, who you are and what you do? Um, thank you for having me. Um, so my name's Callum Lynch. Um, I'm 23 years old, soon approaching 24, which is quite frightening. Um, and I currently work for Who Cares Scotland um, in their public affairs department. However, I'll now be transitioning into a new job as a development officer working with the local champions board here in Glasgow. Uh, what was li- life like before care? Um, so my life before care was very challenging. I had a home environment which was very disruptive. I was actually born in England in a place called Middlesbrough. And my mum moved up here from a very abusive dad. Um, It was hard because we moved about from home to home. My mum suffered from her own personal struggles, um, which as a result we then suffered from also. Um, There was lots of drugs around me as a child. Um, There was a lot of alcohol and various other forms of substance misuse. And it was challenging because I faced large levels of abuse lots of violence and neglect where there was moments in my childhood where I would have to steal my own dinner and I would have to steal dinner for my siblings. So I had a very challenging childhood and that then took its place within primary school. So I had been excluded from two primary schools by the age of 11 for behaviour and it was difficult for me because the behaviour that I was demonstrating was um, challenging but it was a reflection of what was happening in my home Um, I wasn't being given the proper love the proper nurturing that a child should have and when displaying that in school I was removed rather than someone supporting me and asking me what was happening at home so that for me it was easier to exclude me rather than to deal with me and that took its effect on me where I wasn't at the same development stage as my friends, I wasn't able to read or write at the same rate and it meant that I was really lacking in some core skills that other people had and I never had the same childhood as a lot of other people and it was it was normal. I grew up in an area where there wasn't very many opportunities. A lot of my family and a lot of people who I was friends with um, didn't have the most positive outcomes and outlooks in life and um, I think fortunately going into care however difficult that was it also provided me with a new place and a new space in society where I was provided with a good outlook Um, however that wasn't always the case for me. So what was it like during care then? During care was very difficult I went into care when I was 11 like most care experienced young people they remember the exact date, exact time. I remember it being 2 o'clock on the 26th of July 2006. 
and I was moved to a group home where there was 17 other people who lived there. That was incredibly difficult because the group home was notorious and it actually had people who protested outside of it not for it to get for it not to get built. There was local councillors and local elected members who supported this also, who supported the campaigns for the residential home to be closed down and actually now it has been closed down. Um, I don't know necessarily if that's a result of the community, however what I know was living there was incredibly challenging because society had placed a label on me, society had called me damaged, society had called me difficult and there was moments where I was severely bullied and I had implications with people from the community where someone had poured a carton of milk on me and people spat at me, people called me names but I think in terms of the environment of that home um, it was an institution, there was barbed wire around the fence, there was CCTV cameras and it felt more like a prison. After two weeks there, like most care experienced young people, I was then moved to somewhere else. Um, I lived in my second residential home with six other boys and although for the most part there is some positive experiences and I had really great relationships with some of the boys, um, what I recognised was that it wasn't a home, it was just a house that I existed in. I had students come in for placements to my home and I found that quite difficult and I think that that's when you know it's an institution. I had people come in and do artwork graffiti on the walls and now as good as that was I think none of my friends would have had that and I had a bar on my bedroom window which for the most part I think I was quite oblivious to but then when I actually connected and thought and reflected upon that I realised that no child should have a bar on their bedroom window for going into a care system because they were abused or neglected and 90% of people here in Scotland go into care because of abuse and neglect. Um, so that was my initial introduction to care but I was in that residential home for eight years and there's incredible people who work within the care system um, but it's the system itself that is very um, damaging towards people. I think there's the legislation is potentially wrong. A lot of it is wrong. Young people are put at such a disadvantage. Um, when I went to school, um, I was the only one who attended high school in my residential home. And I remember looking around me and thinking that nobody else focused or put enough effort into other people. And it was for me, I sat back as a young boy and I recognised that people didn't want to live there, which was why sometimes behaviour became challenging. I think now we're in a place where um, some residential homes are introducing community police but to come along to the homes for dinner and I think although I understand why people do that I really just don't understand that either I think we should be pushing the youth justice system further away from care experienced people rather than bringing it closer to them um, and there was moments in my time at care that were really hard. I remember people had conversations about splitting um, me and my brother up. Um, he was my rock, we went into care together and he was my best friend and there was conversations to remove us because we fought like siblings tend to do um, but sadly like 70% of brothers and sisters here in Scotland um, there was conversations to separate us and 70% of kids of siblings who go into care are separated. Fortunately we were very lucky that we had advocacy that was independent so we were able to challenge that and we were really lucky that we got to stay together 
um, without that, I would never have had that opportunity. And I think that that's a reality for a lot of people who don't get to stay with their brothers and sisters. I think now advocacy is one of the most important things for young people in a complex care system to have. Because as a child you're flung into a legal system, you don't particularly understand everything that's happening around you. So it's so important to have someone there who's different from the system, who's able to speak on your behalf. Because I remember going along to children's hearing systems or lack reviews and being quite scared because those professionals brought in and out your life, those professionals in the room, those professionals around you. And as a child, sometimes it's very intimidating to speak up. So having someone who's not part of the system was so important for me and I was very lucky to get to stay with my brother. Um, and it, uh, yeah. So, so hearing them um, conversations about potentially your brother and you being split up, how did it impact you? So I think care has impacted me in different ways. Um, I think firstly, I think I don't ha I didn't have the same opportunities as a lot of other people. I never had the same opportunities to go and do internships whilst at university because I was worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. Um, I worried a lot about stability. Stability is a huge thing in my life and that's something that I latch onto and control. There's a lot of, um, for me, emotional consequences of care where my emotional behaviour can sometimes be quite different to the way someone else's might be. Um, and I think that that's because during care there was instability. I didn't know if I was going to be moved. Um, there was a lack of love. Love is something that often we become quite afraid of. Love is something that is quite scary in a system that protects itself, in a system that is bound by rules, by regulation, by practice, by boundaries. Sometimes love, because it's such an organic thing, it can be something that we run away from. But as human beings, we all connect through love. People with their partners, people with their husbands, wives, children. We connect through love. It's a basic human need. But sometimes we don't give children and care that opportunity. And it's so important for that not to become tokenistic. It has to be organic. And that is something that I believe. I believe all young people should have a lifetime of love. Um, another impact of care was that relationships, when you reach a certain age in care, that is you, you move on and you move into some other form of a home because care is based on time and money and when that when there's the end mark to that everything else stops. However, none of my friends would um, expect their parents not to be able to speak to them after the age of 21. None of my friends wouldn't be able to phone back home if they had an issue. All of my friends phone back home and say, Mum, can I actually freeze this chicken and then recook it and then freeze it again and eat it? Is that safe? However, for me and for a lot of care experienced young people, we don't have that opportunity or luxury. And I think that all young people should have a lifetime opportunity of love and it's about that relationship, a real one-on-one one -on -one personal relationship where you can share feelings, where you can speak about um, intimate things such as boyfriends, girlfriends, where you can speak about love lives. However, we are now in a situation where there's so many boundaries that young people just can't have those opportunities. and it saddens me because it has an effect on people and it's had an effect on me. What was it like as coming out as being gay but living in care? Being gay and being in care is quite a double-edged sword to be on because one, being in care you're ostracised, you're treated different, there's a stigma, you're discriminated against, there's young people who have been refused 
houses because their previous address was a children's home. Um, there's young people who's went to court and went to give evidence and that's been dismissed because they've had a troubled childhood. And there's a stigma that we are bad kids. There's a stigma that we, in some way, shape or form, deserve to be there. Now, if I hear someone else ask me if Kel was like Tracy Beaker, I will go insane. Um, but people do have an attitude and perception and that is something that's fed by the media. If you look at all TV shows where someone has been in care, they all have an issue. Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey was in care. He now has something happening for him. And in a lot of TV shows when there's a murderer, he tends to have an experience of being in foster care or being adopted or having some form of care experience. There's very few positive representations of care experienced people. And I think that because of this, I was made to feel different. When I attended school, I showed up and people knew I was in care because I was taken out of classes for meetings. I showed up and there was maybe somebody there who wasn't my mum or dad, someone there who was different every single time. People couldn't come along to parents' evenings because there wasn't enough staff on shift. And that made me feel different. Um, there's a number of other factors that I can give as an example. But then being gay, I'm then hit with like a double whammy because being gay in society is something that the LGBT community have championed for, have tried to push for equality. Um, and it has been a fight. I think it's been a fight for many years. And I know for myself from being at school, it was, it was too difficult for me to come out of school. So I never... Um, However, I never had a choice with being in care. People just knew because I lived in a local residential home. But I think feeling different in the sense of being care experienced, but then also feeling different in the sense of being gay, that was actually too much for me. Um, so I never came out as being gay whilst I was in residential care because it was too hard. I actually never came out um, by choice um, when I was 18. It was something that just kind of happened as I had like a complete emotional breakdown crying um, over nothing. Um, but I was very fortunate that I had support of... Um, supported carers who told me that everything was good and accepting but whilst in residential care there was moments where I heard people say that boy's being a pansy about someone who I live with who was gay or that boy's acting like such a fairy or he's acting like such a girl and I think that a system and a culture really needs to shift and be more opening and I think that's why I'm super happy that Scotland has now included LGBT and its curriculum to teach high school students I think that's absolutely incredible and I think that should trickle down into it should be care. like that across the board anyway I think yeah across the board and I think that LGBT um, education should be brought into residential homes it should be brought into training for children's hearing panel members it should be brought in for residential workers it should be brought in for everyone only six percent of care experienced young people go to university why do you think this is i think that's because various reasons one young people in care are more likely to be moved from home to home to home and actually those statistics if you're moved from like f five different homes um, whilst in education that you leave with like zero hires which I think is similar to the English A-levels. Um, so what we actually recognise is that instability in placements means that young people don't attain the same academically. I think secondly, for me going back to a residential home was not a home. It wasn't a nice environment. I couldn't study. I didn't feel that it was a place where I was comfortable. Um, but I also think that 
that sense of feeling different, that sense of inequality um, was something that's really challenging. I think that um, care experience young people are more likely to go back to university when they're slightly older. Um, and I think that we're fortunate in Scotland that we have a bursary that if you've been in care, you're entitled to a bursary that will support you because now the government recognises that if you go to university, you may not have a home and you may have to pick up triple shifts to pay for your rent, to pay for your food. So in Scotland, we do get free university, which is amazing, but the uh, the government has also recognised that they can give more support because the fundamental reality is the government is the child's parent. At the moment they go into care, there's a legal responsibility for the government to take care of someone who's care experienced. Um, I think that we could do a lot more and we could put a lot more support in place for care experienced people. We have corporate parenting um, training, which means that we give people training such as universities, colleges, educational establishments, um, support and training on how they can better provide opportunities and access to universities and colleges. And what we were lucky enough to do was reduce the entry level for care experienced people. So there's a baseline if you need four A's for university. Um, the actual reality is you may need like two A's and two B's. So universities will be very open to care experienced people reaching that boundary and I think what we can do is just provide more support and I think it's so important to continue doing that. How do you achieve so much academically? Um, I think there was a couple of things that I think one I was always naturally quite bright. Um, I think that I pick things up really fast but I think that I wish that there was a light bulb moment where I went, Eureka, I want to go to university, I want to do really well, I want to go and be a lawyer, go and be a doctor, but the reality was i seen everyone around me turn to drugs, turn to addiction, become homeless, i seen people become um, in really vulnerable situations and that includes people like my brother, that includes like the other boys who I live with and for me that was incredibly frightening. So. My motivator was actually the stick. It was, this is my life. This My life was panned out for me. And it wasn't to go to university. It was to become one of the very poor t statistics that exist for care experienced people. And that is what drove me. There was never the moment where I was going to do really well. But there was moments within my care experience where I would say that I wasn't pushed. There was people who did push me. However, I remember an experience where someone had said actually that I would be better suited to go to college rather than university because their children found university in first year quite difficult. Now, I was someone who left school with eight hires. I'd done really well. Um, but the people around me still never believed in me and still never pushed me. They still thought that perhaps I shouldn't actually go to university. And for me, that was really hard because when you're doing really well academically, you want to be you want to be given the merit. You want to be given the kind of reward for doing well. and whether that comes in like praise or whether that comes from like emotional support um but it was definitely the fear that drove me to do really well and i think that's something that still is kind of inside me a little bit where i'm constantly seeking to do more and more and more um until hopefully one day i burn out <laughs> hopefully i don't burn out but um i think now i'm really great at managing that but my expectation is that i would love for all care experienced people to have a sight at going to further on the higher education and I think that everyone should have that mindset and I think we should push people to do that and support them and give them the right opportunities to do that. The First Minister Nicola Sturgeon attended your graduation, can you tell us a bit about this? 
Um, so university can be, and for me was quite an isolated time. Um, I think purely because that sense of being different. But I remember thinking about my graduation days. Most people do when they go to university. Most people will probably think about what they're going to wear, where they're going to get their suit from, what shoes they're going to wear. Are they going to get great professional pictures? Um, are they going to trip up on the stage? But my worry was whose fireplace is my picture going to be on? Um, it was quite a hard thing for me to deal with because I didn't know who I was going to invite along. I got two plus two seats and the reality was I couldn't really think of two people who I could bring. Should I bring my friends? But then I thought I shouldn't really have my friends on a day like this. I should have like my parents or people who I have great relationships with. But the care system never gave me that. They never gave me amazing relationships. What they did was what the system did was give me a cut off date. Um, so I was fortunate enough to meet the first minister on Care Day, two thousand and seventeen, and I sat down with her and just said to her, like, "This is um, my graduation day. Um, I think for many care experienced people, we don't have people to celebrate and rejoice in these really special moments, and um, because of the system, the system gets in the way. The system prohibits people from doing an amazing, loving, caring job all of the time, um, and." I had said to the First Minister, I had said um, exactly what I just said there about my picture and I didn't know who I was going to invite along and she had said in a passing comment, I'll come. And I was like, ha 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 And I had just passed it off like, oh, that's just someone saying that they'll come. Um, I didn't expect it seven months later she actually would rock up um, to my graduation and be there in the front row and to be cheering me on and to be giving me praise for all of the hard work that I had put in because university is an absolute graft. It is so, so much work but so rewarding because at that end point to be able to say I have my degree was fantastic and I think that what was even more special was the fact that the First Minister came along to celebrate in that moment and it was so symbolic of the leader of a country coming along to a care experienced person's graduation can you tell us about um, Care Day and why it's important? Care Day is important because care experienced people have been marginalised in society. We sometimes feel a bit ashamed, we feel a bit different and I think there's people in society who can reinforce that feeling. Um, I think stigma that we face, the discrimination that we face in that sense of being different. I think reflecting on what it's like to be a gay man in society, I think that I don't have the same power as what a heterosexual man has. And I think that having a day where we get to celebrate who we are, we get to celebrate our identity, we get to celebrate care experiences being part of that identity, and we get to take ownership of a day, a place, a time, and be proud of who we are and what we've went through. I think that that is so empowering because it's it gives people an opportunity to just be like you know what this is part of who I am and this is a day dedicated to me and I think that coming together and sharing that experience with other people who are just like you is pretty powerful and the sense of belonging the sense of collective being is phenomenal. What are your hopes and dreams for care, care experienced people? My hopes and dreams for care experienced people is that they have a lifetime of equality, a lifetime of respect, a lifetime of love, 
lifetime is incredibly important because care goes with you for the rest of your life. It doesn't stop at 26 years old when the provision stops. It doesn't stop at 21 when you're asked to move on. It's something that carries on with you. You you think about care. We have alumni members who tell us at 50 years of age that they think about care most days of their life. And it's not always in negative, negative ways. It's often in positive. Like, do you remember that person that looked after me? She was so kind and loving. And I think that they should have a chance to... Be equal. I think there should be opportunities in um, educational establishments. They should have the same opportunities with mental health provision. They should have the same opportunities to live a life like other people. And I think that so far we've not been able to do that the best that we could do. Um, there's great practice out there, but I think that care experienced people should have legal protection. I think that I would love for care experience to be a protected characteristic, just the way that gender is, just the way that age is, just the way that race is, sexuality, ethnicity. I think that having legal protection to have an equal chance in life is something that is so important because otherwise people are then able to discriminate against you. If you had a magic wand and could only change one thing for children and young people in care, what would it be? If I had a magic wand and could change one thing for people in care, it would be to give them love. I think that for me, love has been something that has been quite absent. I went through 13 years of my life in care, never being told I was loved. And it was incredibly damaging and detrimental and it's affecting me now as I'm an adult where relationships are a bit harder to uh, maintain. The right to love is something that may be quite a far-fetched idea for a lot of people but I actually think the UNCLC should go a wee bit further and, and incorporate the right to love or the right to a condition that's loving for care experienced people. I think people deserve the right to experience love and the fact that I and so many others perhaps haven't had that opportunity it's quite sad. So my magic one moment would to be give all care experienced people the opportunity to be loved, to experience love, to feel love, to give love and that would be my life's legacy. <laughs> Thank you, Callum, from us all at Five Rivers Child Care Limited. Join the Five Nations One Voice campaign and celebrate Hashtag Care Day on the 15th of February 2019. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Five Rivers Care Tourism podcast. This podcast has been produced by the members of a democratic group representing the views of people from Five Rivers Child Care Limited. Music by Rick Flo, track Hide and Seek, courtesy of Rick Flo.